0: so whether you're new to development can't find a great job that fits what you want or looking for remote work from an area without a strong tech community i can help go to getacoderjob.com and sign up today hi this is charles maxwood and i've been asked more times than i can count how do i stay current there's a lot to this question and i'm working on a solution code badges that's right you heard me right basically the idea is is that you come and do a code badge and that gets you an introduction to a topic then you can decide if you want to pursue it further But while working on the badge, you gain enough proficiency to be able to pick it up again if you need. A lot of technology comes through on the bleeding edge, and not all of it sticks, but the principles do. So doing badges on the technologies that will get you ahead will provide you with experience needed to stay competitive. Plus, it offers social proof that you know something about the topic. The project is on Kickstarter right now. You can support it and get on the launch list at CodeBadge.org. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another My Angular Story. This week, we're talking to Ray Krantz. Ray, do you want to say hi?
1: Hey, everybody.
0: <laughs> um, do you want to just give us a brief introduction as far as like where you're at these days, what, what you're doing, where you're working, that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, for sure. I work at a company called Tallwave. It's located in Phoenix, Arizona. I am located in Akron, Ohio, so... The remote life is awesome, and I also like being able to fly to Phoenix when it's snowing here. <laughs> so, yeah, and I do I do primarily Angular work there on a small dev team, and yeah, it's fun. <laughs> That's all <Awesome>. I got.
0: <laughs> well, I, uh, I interviewed Tina from Tall Wave last week, so...
1: Yeah, she is great. She's really, really great. She is one of the six reasons <laughs> I say that I have an awesome team at TallWave. It's a really fantastic work environment.
0: So yeah, so I, I did mention uh, that I talked to Tina last week, and her episode is going to go live on my JavaScript story. Sweet. Um, and this one is uh, my Angular story is, is what we scheduled it. So uh, mm-hmm. we're going to dive a little bit more into Angular, I guess, than into JavaScript. But yeah, it's it's definitely interesting just to see where people come from and that we all have so much in common. I'm, I'd love to just dive in. How did you get into coding?
1: Yeah, I started with a Coursera class on Python, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, four or five years ago by now. And then just sort of hung out on the fringes, so to speak for a while. But then I moved to Akron and joined the Akron women in tech group here and a year I think it was just a year after that, maybe two. I forget. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, but I, I got involved with that group and started actually investing. I used like Free Code Camp and things like that. Then from people that I had met by attending that meetup as well, I got connected with a local company in Akron that was looking for a QA person at the time. So I uh, was able to get that position, moved from there <laughs> into DevOps. And then the next logical progression, of course, is Angular development. <laughs> um But yeah, I really did. I did enjoy the DevOps role at that company, which is called a VHD. I enjoyed it a lot. But um, this role with Tallwave just sort of came about actually by Twitter. And I (laughs) yeah, it was That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was the most random thing. So this I, I randomly followed. I still don't remember how or why I followed this guy. I think someone retweeted him and I looked at his timeline and he worked in tech. And he sometimes said funny jokes. And I was like, I'll follow that guy. And then it was a couple months after that where I, I guess, like, liked one of his tweets. And he DMs me and he goes, oh, hey, I saw you liked one of my tweets. And I also saw you have some Angular stuff on your GitHub. You want to apply for a job at my company?
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, uh, and everything, it was, it's, ev- everything was, looked great from the outside. And I joined up and everything has been pretty true, true to that. So, yeah. How
0: That's long has that you. been?
1: Uh, since December of last year. So nine, 10 months coming up on a year. Awesome. Yeah.
0: I, I'm a little curious. I mean, why Angular? Why not Vue or React? Which uh, I, I talk to more and more people, and those sound sexier, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Angular part was because I had started a side project with a couple of friends, and um, they actually had the strong opinion about Angular. And their reasoning was that Angular handled a lot of security things like Mm -hmm. I guess automatically that you then you know didn't have to worry about so much and at the time I knew absolutely nothing about either Angular or React so I said oh sure sounds good to me (laughs) and I jumped into it and since then I am I'm pretty solidly on the Angular side I I've seen React I guess it's cool (laughs) people like it (laughs) Um, but I do like that Angular has like made the, I guess, best practices decisions for you, so to speak. Like when you need to make an HTTP call, you don't have to go look at, you know, a handful of different packages and decide which one to use. It's already there and you can keep moving forward. Um, So I do like that kind of built-in aspect that Angular has.
0: Yeah, and it's a pretty common thing that I found. People tend to, at least when they're getting started, go with technologies that they know they can get help with, right? They know other people that are doing it. And then they find a reason to love it yeah. and so so what you're saying you know it squares up with a lot of other folks um I'm curious you know anybody that that we have heard of or had on the shows that, that got you into angular or just you know regular devs out there doing the good work
1: mm-hmm. uh I didn't really have a network actually at the time, and it's funny those those two people who wanted to use Angular, they neither of them were developers. <laughs> so
0: oh, they, awesome!
1: Yeah, so they knew about it, I guess, from like others, other coworkers of theirs, and so then I just started learning it. I started with the docs, that Heroes tutorial. That's really great. It's yeah, really tour great. Yeah, the of heroes. Yeah, and even going back, like a couple of my coworkers have started to learn Angular as well now and they've asked questions that came up as they were going through that tour of uh-huh. heroes. And, and, and now with my like experience looking back, I realize, Oh wow. Yeah, it was really good. Like it's already covering, you know, these pieces that are really necessary to, to kind of understand how everything works. Um, so that was mainly it that, you know, some angular in depth, that blog, a lot of, I guess, stack overflow. Oh, you know what I used early on? Is it ngdocs.io? Mm-hmm. Is that the one? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was really good early on as well.
0: Yeah. That's run by Joe Eames and Alyssa Nichol, who are yeah. regulars on the Angular Adventures in Angular podcast.
1: I think that's where I heard of it, actually. Yeah. So that podcast <laughs> or this podcast also was very helpful, too. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Mm. So you get into Angular. I, I'm really curious, especially with finding a job over a tweet. Um, <laughs> yeah. But... Um, you know, it sounds like you were pretty new. They, they found you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, and I've been talking to a lot of people lately because I'm writing a book. I'm all over the place. I've uh, been writing a book about how to find a job as a software developer. And a lot of the people who are really struggling with this are new. Mm-hmm. So once he reached out and said, hey, do you want to apply? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what did you do? What did you have in place that you could use to actually show them that you were capable of doing the job?
1: The interview process that I went through for this position was I think very atypical. Mm-hmm. We it was a lot of conversation about technical things, but you know, not whiteboarding, not algorithm tests. So that's really what it was based on. And I had a few things on my GitHub, nothing like super fancy, but it was really it really came down to just talking about the work that I had done and, you know, my thought process and how I came about it. So I really appreciated that. First of all, that it was an interview that was realistic, (laughs) I guess. And yeah. So as as far as I can go back though, for, I guess, maybe more traditionally tough, (laughs) tougher interview. My interview for my first job, I did have to do a kata for that, which a kata is like, it's basically an algorithm test, but it's like a yeah, a, a programming kind of algorithm challenge. And so I sat down and I was terrified for that. And I'll tell you, even before going into that, it was it was one of the, the more simple ones that they give to, you know, more entry-level people. Uh, mm-hmm. What was it? The FizzBuzz.
0: FizzBuzz, yeah. yep.
1: So going in, like I knew, I was like, I know there's going to be a kata in this interview. I know it's going to be one of these two, the FizzBuzz or the other, um, the Fibonacci one. So I like ran through it many times, like beforehand mm-hmm. going in. And even then I was like terrified, you know, couldn't think straight when you sit down with someone and you're programming something, it's just <laughs> terrifying. But I would say the the good part and then the saving grace of it as is, if you feel like you're frozen, just talk out loud what you're thinking. And if they're a good interviewer, that's what they're looking for anyway, is that thought yep. process and how you come to the solution rather than if you just have quote unquote, the right answer. So that that was really helpful. And then knowing people in the company was really helpful honest you can't get around that right like you got to know people i don't think i've ever i mean this twitter job is the closest thing i've ever come to getting a job without knowing someone and even then it was still a network effect
0: yeah so. that and that's the focus of the book is in, in i mean i haven't explicitly called it out but uh, i'm gonna go back and and re, redo part of it Mm -hmm. and yeah I mean that's the real push right is that it's easier to find a job if you can have somebody go and introduce you rather than Mm -hmm. you know and and the last handful of jobs that I got as software developer and several of the contracts I had when I was freelancing all came through people I knew Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and so it's much easier to make that happen and so my book is focused on that effect right of creating those opportunities through the people you know so
1: yeah definitely
0: so uh so what are you working on now
1: I, um, in my day job, <laughs> I'm doing the the front end for like a financial management application. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say about that. So that's all I'll say, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. I've learned it's been really good for getting my RxJS knowledge cemented and, and getting that, yeah, getting that set in my free time. It is very hard as I'm sure many people listening are familiar with <laughs> to like, you know, push through one, one thing. But the latest thing that I have picked up that I'm really enjoying is actually a Rust programming language book, which has nothing to do with Angular, but
0: <laughs> Rust is um,
1: fascinating. yeah, it is so cool. So I, it's a, it's the no starch press book. That's literally just called the Rust programming language. Uh-huh. And that has been really, yeah, they're like garbage collection stuff and their ownership stuff like how they handle concurrency it's all really really interesting and i do miss i you know i mentioned i i did work in a devops position for a short time there and i do miss that side of it so i'm hopeful that as you know i've talked with um my director at tall wave scott the guy who found me on twitter <laughs> um a few times as well like i do enjoy angular but i i i i and I'm sorry if this is a bad thing to say on an Angular podcast, but I don't want to just do like front end. You know, I want to do the the whole scope of stuff. So, um, and he's been really great about about that. Like talking to a couple other project managers, we're a consultancy, so we get mm-hmm. right. you know, different different projects in. Um, so he's been talking to other project managers about letting me start to slowly, you know, observe and and get involved, maybe with some other projects that are coming in. So that's been really cool to see that happen and then I've tried to look at react, (laughs) but I I can't make my, like, you know, it's one of those things where like, they both do the same thing. Right. So if you're good at one, I mean, the only, the only reason to like learn react is so that I, you know, if I wanted to like get a react job and, you know, because I can do all the same stuff with what I already know. So it's hard to find the motivation there.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I've talked to a number of people about Staying current—that seems to be the the two things that people bring to my attention. Anyway, is mm. I'm stuck on my job search, or I want to stay current. And when they want to stay current, yeah, a lot of times it boils down to either I want to learn the technologies I want to learn. So it seems mm-hmm. like Rust, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's it's job mobility. And so yeah. I want to stay current on technology so that if my current situation changes, right? You know, I get a new boss, or mm-hmm. you know, they they adopt some new technology around here, or. Um, I see some opportunity out there that I just want to go after then you know then I can move on it so yeah anyway it's kind of interesting and it, it really drove me to start thinking about developer freedom and what that looks like so yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I won't this is about you not me so <laughs> I was say, that makes <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about that questions. somewhere else yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, yeah I so have all-
1: wanted to look at view though I mean along those lines I you know, I don't know anything about Vue aside from what was it? The guy who made it came from the Angular team, right? And then mm-hmm. wanted to make it better, like Angular JS, I guess, at the yep. time. And then, like I heard someone, I think actually on this Angular podcast, someone say that Vue was his his vision of what Angular. He wanted Angular two plus to be.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So I, I have I am curious about looking at that and kind of just playing with the differences there.
0: Yeah, so. that makes sense and it's it's definitely been interesting to dig into it. That's the th- that's the technology I've been playing with lately, so.
1: okay. Cool.
0: Yeah. That and Elixir.
1: Yeah, that looks cool too. There's too much to learn. <laughs> 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 oh, there's so many interesting things out there, yeah. I did a talk recently on um well, I guess this year I've, I've given it a few times just comparing a bunch of different programming languages and it was really hard because you had to you know, it was kind of looking at the the quirks and the interesting things about different different languages, and it was really really hard to to limit myself to a number of languages that could conceivably fit within a forty minute talk slot, because yeah, they Where
0: all have, you have their quirks. At? So we can link out to that.
1: Oh sure, I um, spoke at. Codemash, which is a conference in Ohio, uh, Sandusky, Ohio, and then a, a meetup in Grand Rapids, I think called Grand Rapids Software Craftsmanship, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I recently, oh yeah, and then I spoke at Self Conference in Detroit which unfortunately they they didn't do recordings and that was the like version of the talk that I think I liked the best, but you know, that's how (laughs) life (laughs) goes. And then I also spoke at um, Full Stack Fest in Barcelona, which I have to give a shout out to them. That was like the most perfectly run conference. I have been to like just the attention to detail they had, you know, in terms of even, you know, the, the podium, you know, poster board that was decorating on the stage. And then the, they had food, they had so much food, which is always great. So much food. And the, the way they did lunch was really cool. Like they would just, they were in the middle of Barcelona, right? So they would, they had like 10 different restaurants you could choose from and they provided like lunch tickets. So Mm -hmm. you would just take a lunch ticket from you, you know, you could pick a restaurant, take a lunch ticket, and then go get lunch. And that was, I think, a really creative solution for that. Anyway, and then even like there was a someone emailed about like a code of conduct, you know, violation. And it was addressed like, immediately by the MC after the next talk like <laughs> on mm-hmm. point you know so it was just everything was you know, they picked speakers up from the airport it was it was really really great so if people are interested in talking definitely actually i mean all the all the conferences self conference was really great too highly recommend applying to any of them code mm-hmm. mash has really great swag and you know you're at a water park
0: <laughs> of course yeah yeah, I think yeah the one that i keep hearing about at a water park is that conference yeah <laughs> <laughs> That, that that sounds like fun, one. yeah. Yeah, so we'll encourage people to go uh, look up your talks. Sweet. Um, and then it also sounds like you were involved in some of the community organizations out there in Akron.
1: Yeah i I was involved with Akron Women in Tech for the first several years, and that was really great. We did workshops, and you know, your typical meetups, and like one thing we did that I really liked. We did it once and then haven't repeated it yet, but it was uh, like coding retreat type thing. And we just rented out like a community space and we had some food and it was just a time like on a Saturday for people to come and spend eight hours working on whatever project they wanted to. And then we had a yoga break, I think like early afternoon or something. So that was really nice. It was an actual productive day. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah. Which can be hard to come by sometimes. And then, yeah, I'm also helping organize a Django Girls event in october on october 6th 6th so if you're in the cleveland area i think we've closed applications but we still should have the wait list open so you can check that out if you or someone you know wants to learn how to code it'll be a fun time doesn't angular have an equivalent to that like a, a jingo girls or ruby bridge no, or NG, like girls. That? ng girls Girls. Oh, okay oh neat i have to look at that
0: yeah we've uh, we've done some episodes on it as well so cool i think it's just ng it might be ng-girls.org i'll have to figure Mm it out yeah i'll look it yeah good stuff so uh yeah anyway uh do you have any other advice for people who are trying to get into tech
1: Uh, gosh do it before you have kids (laughs) (laughs) and if you have kids i'm sorry that's really really hard like i had a kid a couple years ago and it 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 definitely severely limited my ability or my even desire to go to meetups because, you know, your energy is at an all-time low for, for a few months at least. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just it's, – it's different. You definitely – so, yeah, if you, if you don't have kids, like, use your Netflix time <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, study – Study well while you can, and if you do, I mean, you just you have to get really good about small chunks of time. Like if I can get through like a chapter a day of that Rust book, that's that's uh-huh. fantastic. That's great. Or you know, twenty minutes here and there of of figuring out like a, a singular concept or something. Um, I do actually work through lunches quite a lot because I like. Like I have a set amount of daycare time, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so i I try to make use of that, right to to be able to spend that like doing the things that I do enjoy, but it's hard to sit at a computer and my my kid will literally walk over to me on my computer and pull me away or try to sit on my lap. like it's a mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little bit of a battle, so. There are challenges, and you know we all we all face those. And so I really appreciate. I know there's there's been more of a push lately, especially for conferences and stuff, to have things like childcare, and that is really really important. Like even with in the days leading up to to self conference, I was had like was like almost making myself sick from from worry because I think so two or three weeks before self conference, I'd been at Pi, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And that was just for a day and a half. Like I left Saturday morning, I came back Sunday evening. And my kid for the, he's young, he's not even two yet. And so while I was gone, he was just like, he was a little bit of a wreck. He had, you know, he wasn't, he right. would recover and he could function, but he had some temper tantrums and stuff. And so so I was just, I was really worried because then I was going to be gone for three days. And I thought, oh, it'd be great if I could just bring him, that would help. And it it worked out pretty well because, I think the Pi Ohio was like good practice. And then when I left again, we were very intentional about like, hey, mama's going bye bye.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Say it in, in two year old terms. And then he was fine. And then so after the first like few hours of being at self-comp, I was not at all stressed about that anymore. So that was really great to be able to lose that stress. But there is, I mean, and then obviously childcare in general is expensive. But that was was Pi Con was in Cleveland this year. They were awesome. They had like fifty dollars a day childcare. And if you couldn't afford that, you could, you know, ask for assistance as well, I believe. Um, but that was awesome because one of the days was on a Friday, and mm-hmm. I was able to take advantage of that that childcare piece. So that was really nice as well.
0: So, I, I yeah. hear about a childcare and I'm always going, I have zero desire to take my kids to a conference. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Yeah. None. It's
1: definitely- not a desire like it is really great to be at a conference without a kid that is for sure but sometimes it's like
0: yeah i get that it's harder yeah yeah but yeah i i have five kids so oh
1: wow yeah they'll Um, keep you busy
0: yeah definitely but my oldest is 12 so yeah if i took him to a conference it'd be a little bit different my three-year-old that would just be no fun
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) well because then you can't do the like after parties and stuff right yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah. The after parties really aren't my scene anyway, but still it's just, yeah. Mm. And so the way that we do it is, uh, you know, I travel a lot more than my wife and mm-hmm. she's a trooper and she takes care of the kids, you know, cause she stays at home anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I make it a point to send her on a trip to visit her best friend in South Carolina or whatever, periodically. So
1: ah, nice.
0: And then I, do, and then I take the kids and so I don't get anything done even though I'm at home.
1: Right. Yeah. So that's how it goes. <laughs>
0: yeah cool that's really exciting though that yeah people are at least paying attention to hey there are people in different circumstances we want them here and -hmm. let's see what we can do to make sure that it works out for them
1: yeah absolutely it's really Uh, encouraging
0: yep so uh i guess the last thing i'm going to ask before we do picks is anything you're looking forward to in the future i mean you're you're diving into rust do you think that's a direction your career is going to go or is it just an interesting thing and uh, yeah, where do you hope you wind up?
1: That is a really fantastic question. I I broad strokes, I want to move into the software architect role. Mm-hmm. I'm naturally a big picture person and I I the puzzle aspect of programming was one of the draws to it, right? You know, right. getting the pieces to fit together and making things work together. So I, I like the idea of having that um, larger kind of scope, the larger view over things. In terms of the specific languages, I, those, I, I, I sort of just, I take as they come, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Rust, it would be awesome if, if Rust was something that I used later on down the line in the next couple of years or something. Angular is fun, but it's, it's funny. I mean, honestly, like <laughs> I, I know I was, Throwing some shade at React a little bit earlier, but I don't have anything against it. Like if I had a job that used it, I would learn it and I'm sure I would enjoy it. Like it's fine. These are all different tools that we can use. So in terms of technologies, I'll definitely keep pushing with Angular. I do want to get like really good, you know, that in-depth knowledge in a few areas. So Angular is one of those, probably Rust and or, you know, Python for another one. And then, you know, everything else just as it comes.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And we have shows on Angular, React, and Vue. So, Oh, cool. If people are looking to learn any of those technologies, we we, we got you covered, folks. (laughs) But yeah, and and I I kind of echo what you're saying a little bit. You know, since I do shows on all three frameworks, people ask me which one I prefer. And it's like, well, I'm having a lot of fun with Vue right now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Angular does a great job. And yeah, it just depends on what you want. And so... You know, if you're, if you're looking to do mobile, for example, React Native is pretty awesome. And if mm. you're going to do React Native, maybe it makes sense to do React on your front end, but maybe not. So, yeah, you know, it, it there, there are a lot of things to think about and a lot of reasons to go with the different ones. But yeah, definitely, definitely something to just kind of think about and go play with them all.
1: Yeah. Pokemon style.
0: There we go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so uh, do you have some picks for us? Do you have things you want to shout out about?
1: Yeah, definitely. One of them was going to be that Rust book, so definitely check that out if you're interested in back-end type languages. Something I found or I heard about recently... Oh, let me first give a shout out to the Women in Tech Chat Slack, <laughs> um, which you can find at witchat.github.io. It... um. That is where I found out about the next two things that I'm gonna give shout-outs to. It's a really awesome like international community for women in technology. So the first one is it's Chelsea Troy. It's this person's blog and they have a section called Leveling Up. Let me pull it mm-hmm. up. So I can. Yeah. So it 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 looks really neat. I just found this, I think, last week or was, you know, heard about it in the wit chat last week. And it she she takes this approach of like approaching leveling up in your programming skills, kind of like a video game type mentality, right, as leveling up might imply. So I really like the strategy she has there in terms of how to learn effectively and to learn well, because how to learn is just as hard as the actual learning. So that's really neat. And then the other one is um, Medium, the, the Medium site, they have a tool called Snowflake, and it's how they assess levels and it's really neat. If you go to snowflake.medium.com, they have this interactive like level assessment for their engineer positions. So if you say, oh, you know, I'm a one in mobile skills, but you know, a a four in use servers and a three in foundations or whatever and, and you set levels, then it'll it, it does all the computations for you and, and puts it out. So we're actually going to start using that at TallWave. Um, and I'm really excited for that because our at TallWave, our job descriptions are pretty good in terms of like what it says is the skill that you do need. Mm-hmm. But it, you still need a way to measure that, right? Of someone right. to be able to assess when people are ready to move up and stuff like that. So we just, I, I showed this to the team last week. And then uh, my director, Scott, like, you know, pulled it down and was working on it over um the last couple days and we're starting to kind of fine tune it to use it for for our team. Yeah, It's always, So I'm really excited about that. It's it's very useful. And I also do have to give a shout out, if you're in the Cleveland area, there's also a Cleveland tech Slack. Check that out. It's pretty good. Those are the two I hang out at most of the time. <laughs> I know nice. everyone's on Slack overload, but it's I I mostly focus on those two. And then, yeah. And then I'm really, I mean, I'm very, very grateful to have a spouse who like is supportive and doesn't view childcare as babysitting. Cause I know that's a, a thing <laughs> that sometimes people, people will say about when they have to watch their kid, but you know, he's just so supportive with when I have to or decide to. I don't have to, right? I decide to apply to these conferences. Like, oh, I'm gonna go to Spain for a week. Is that cool? And he's really awesome with it, and you know, encouraging when I'm stressing out about you know leaving him home alone. Because that's that's half of it too. It's like the guilt of leaving one parent alone with a kid because they're just.
0: <laughs> sometimes I completely understand. I mean, I, I have help, right? I'll have my 11-year-old and my 12-year-old help with my three-year-old. But yeah. if you're not in that position, and for a while I wasn't, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I just, I just left you home with like four kids under the age of eight.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have to give another shout out to my team real quick. Speaking of kids, because this is something that like came up recently, we were talking about our interview process and kind of talking about, you know, the questions we ask and what are we trying to learn from them. And a couple of us brought up that the, oh, what are your hobbies question sounds really innocent. But for my part, especially like when I was asked that question, I froze because I thought, wait, I can't reveal that I have a kid in this interview because that'll probably make me look bad, right? Because bias and Mm -hmm. all that. and. So that's where most, like at the time he was what, like nine months old. I'm like, that's, that's my free time. I don't, I don't have hobbies right now. And so it was really stressful. And I ended up, I froze for a minute and then I was like, uh, hiking and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And it was really awkward. And someone else pointed out too, they're like, yeah, look, you know, if you like doing this thing that I hate, that's going to make me want to hire you less, which is not fair because that doesn't, you know, pertain to whether or not, you'd be a good teammate or, you know, good at the job. It just pertains to if we have like similar interests or not. So we scratched that um, question from our interview process. And I was really proud about that. So that, that, was, that was really encouraging to kind of also be supported by the rest of my team too. Of Like, oh yeah, good point. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Most companies aren't self-aware enough to actually evaluate how they do the interviews. In fact, most companies that I've talked to, they don't even talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, the people they're talking to, they just show up and the whoever's doing the interview just asks whatever questions come to mind. And mm-hmm. so uh, I really, I really love the idea of actually knowing this is what we want and this is how we're going to find it out. Like, yeah. this is we're going to find out what we want. Right. Um, Cause that's the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the bias question is really tricky just because it's so subjective. Some people mm. have a heavy bias and some people don't. And so, but yeah, you know, just just to be thinking about it, just to be aware, you know what, I'm human and I'm going to make some decisions that probably aren't the best ones.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. And like, we all have bias and it's about accepting that like, oh, I might have some bias. (laughs) Like if you acknowledge it, it has less power, right? So.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump in here with a couple of picks. So one pick I have, I recently updated my uh, computer to macOS Mojave. Of course, by the time this comes out, I think it's going to actually be I'm on the beta version because uh, we're we're a couple of weeks out from it actually being released. But uh, anyway, it's we actually had a, a little tech episode <laughs> right when we started this show because of that, I think. But anyway, it's been working really well. I've been really happy with it. I ran into an issue with macOS High Sierra. I have a docking station that I spent like two or three hundred dollars on to you know so I can run like three or four monitors, which is funny because when I code, I only really use like two and one's for my code, and one's for my web browser. But anyway, I wanted to be able to run the monitors, and so something in High Sierra killed the display link driver, and so that's why I upgraded. But I've been I've been pretty happy with it. I am going through a couple of things to get Homebrew working, and Visual Studio Code cannot find Git at the moment. But uh, like, if I do a which Git in my terminal, it finds it just fine. So I'm trying to figure out exactly what's going on there. But it looks like other people have had this problem and fixed it. So it's probably a five minute fix. But yeah, beyond that, it's working really, really well. And my docking station works now. So I can I can run all my monitors without having to plug into all of the USB C ports on the side So nice. It, yeah. So I'm gonna shout out about that. Another one that I'm gonna shout out about, and this is another thing I've used for a while, is ScreenFlow. So Screenflow 8 is out, and it came with a whole bunch of new features that I never knew I wanted. And now I don't know if I can live without. So, you know, you can set up templates for projects and things like that, which is a big deal for me because I'm I'm getting into doing like YouTube videos and I would like to have like the lower third in a standard way and not have to add it in every time. Before, I, what I'd have to do is I'd have to open up another project, copy it out of there and then paste it into the other one. Hmm.
1: Well, no, then, sorry, what is ScreenFlow? I'm not familiar with that so one.
0: So ScreenFlow is a program on the Mac that records your screen.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> and it it does. Uh, it has a whole editing suite and stuff in it. If if you're not willing to drop, I think it's 100 bucks, 130 mm. bucks for the license. I've had ScreenFlow forever, so I just pay the upgrade fee when it comes back around. Which is why I'm not sure on the actual price for a new license. But I totally lost my train of thought there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it lets you do the bottom bar with the yeah yeah.
0: So anyway, if if you if you're gonna do recordings on the cheap, you can use uh, QuickTime, which comes on your Mac.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's uh, what I use. <laughs>
0: then, then you have to edit it with something else, and ScreenFlow just gives you a lot of options and you can kind of fine-tune what you're doing, so that, that's why I use it. I've used it for a long, long time, back when I actually had a screencast series. So anyway, cool. pretty happy with that, but yeah, ScreenFlow 8 is awesome. All awesome. right, well, one one last question for you. Do you have a blog or GitHub or Twitter or other places where people can find you online?
1: Yeah, my website is rachelkrantz.com, which I should update before this comes out. (laughs) (laughs) And then my Twitter is Rust Belt Ray, and that is because I'm currently in the Rust Belt. Moved here a few years ago, love it. People are nice. What else? My GitHub is Krantzinator, but that's, I don't put, I need to put more up on there. (laughs) But yeah, mostly those and the two slacks I mentioned, I'm in those places very often.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, it was good to talk and exciting to kind of get your story and hear where you're focusing these days. Thanks for coming.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up and we will be back next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit dot com to learn more.